morning, partner. What do we got today, Gray? 25-year-old Caucasian female, Tracy Calloway. Same as the other? Same as the others. Bloody hell. Join homicide detectives Dean Tidwell and Grayson Copeland as they delve into the darkness that their city welcomes with open arms. As they search for a serial killer, known only as the Gray-Eyed Man, from slaughtering his next victim, they put their jobs, families, and lives in jeopardy, only to learn there's more than one. Read it all in David K. Montoya's book, Through the Eyes of Madness, available at mythmart.com and where books are found. This book is not for the faint of heart. Consider yourself warned. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of My Public Life as an American Nerd, Season 7, Episode 2. I'm your host, Kevin, and joining me today, co-host, Mr. Christian Nicorda. I'm just, you're just my co-host. Like, that's just the way it goes. Like, yep. you're here. You're, you're here. Uh, how you doing today, sir? I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, glad to be back. Glad to be here. Thanks for having mm-hmm. me. Yeah, man. Uh, last week's episode was really fun. We had Brandon on. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, check that out. We had a lot of fun doing that one um, about our top five of the year so far. Uh, we had a blast doing that. And again, you know, I listen, I, I like to plug other people's podcasts, especially when they're good. Uh, Brandon, he did a really, really, he released his uh, episode of the Cinemas podcast this past week. He had a guest on who had, uh, he does this thing called um, uh, Movie Virgins. And he had a guest on who had never seen Star Wars. Um, and it was a really, really fun conversation. It was uh, just so much fun to listen to. I had a blast listening. It was really funny. She was really funny. Um, and we just had a, a, I had a blast listening to it. So definitely go check that out. The Cinemass Podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. And of course, thank you guys for listening to My Public Life as an American Nerd. If you can hit that subscribe wherever you're listening to it if you can also share on social media that would be fantastic that helps us get into in front of more ears uh, in front of new people who might like the show so if you know anyone who might actually enjoy it um send it their way and let them know about it that we really really appreciate that um on today's show uh christian and i have both seen guardians of the galaxy volume three so we'll definitely be talking about that um that'll probably take up a good bulk of our conversation uh today but the main uh, one of the other things we kind of wanted to touch on a little bit since it just kind of started so by the time this episode comes out it would have happened last week uh last uh, was it monday or tuesday i think it was tuesday tuesday yeah yeah last tuesday the um writers guild of america um they went on strike the writers who write for your favorite things they write your tv shows they write your movies your you know feature films they write uh you know all the content you're seeing even you know podcast creators are joining in people who actually have a 
we're lucky we don't have a script. Um, we don't have to deal with that. We don't write anything for the show, as you guys can probably tell. <laughs> Just kind of, you know, let it happen. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people's um, lives that are kind of being affected uh, by what's kind of happening right now. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how many of you all are kind of on top of what's going on and what this means and why they're going on strike to begin with. Um, so I just thought it'd be a good thing to kind of break it down a little bit, talk to you guys a little bit, let you guys know what's happening. And this isn't the first time, especially within the last, what, this is a 2007, right? right? 2007 was the last time writers went on strike. And bulk of it, bulk of it tends has to do with just being um, compensated fairly, right? Like that's kind of what it breaks down to, right? Uh, more job security, being compensated um, fairly. Um, so let's talk about the 2007 writer strike a little bit, because I don't know much about the behind the scenes of it or or what happened, but I know, I know they went on strike. I don't know if you all remember this year, but the... You can definitely tell if you watch any seasons of television filmed for that 2007, 2008 year, uh, you can definitely tell a huge, huge, huge decline in quality from what you were used to with that show. For me personally, um, I think it was season three of Supernatural. Season three of Supernatural was highly, highly affected. This was back in the day when shows were having 22 to 24 episodes, you know? Um, Supernatural, I think, was cut down to 12 episodes, if I'm not mistaken. And the episode was crap. It wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't good at all. Uh, so many things were pushed back. Um, do you have any memories of that time, Christian? Do you remember kind of that happening, the writer strike, and kind of how you, you know your viewing habits were affected or what anything you enjoyed was affected by that? So I remember more directly because at the time um, I was every I was in Burbank every day. So because I was working right. oh, okay. company, yeah. so I got to see it like on the street. Um, I remember we would uh, a friend, my friend and I, um, Giselle, if you're listening, how are you? <laughs> I just talked to you earlier today. Um, she, she was a photographer. She still does photography, but she we walked around with the camera and she was just getting shots. You know, it was really interesting, you know, just right. seeing a bunch of writers picketing and everything. And then it, it was crazy because immediately, like, people were like, um, oh, who, who are you? Who are you guys with? And then we were like, what? Um, mm -hmm. They're like, what publication is this? Are you guys from? And they were like, nothing. They're like, mm -hmm, OK, <laughs> of course. OK. And but I'm like, no, it, I, I swear we're like, <laughs> we're nobody. We're just we're here to support you guys. And we wanted to kind of, you know, for posterity's sake, we're, we're prosperity. I don't know what I'm saying. Posterity, we, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just want to document it. And, um, you know, it was really crazy. But I remember we were also, I, I had the pleasure of working with one of the, the lead writers from Futurama at the toy company. Oh, cool. I adore Futurama. I think it's one of the best written anything Amazing. on television yeah. ever. I, um, it, it's, this is what happens when you only hire smart writers, smart yeah. and intelligent writers as you get Futurama. Um I I adored him, but like during the strike, we were working on stuff. He came to us because you know those little plastic army men that we used to always get when we were little little. Kids? Oh yeah, yeah, I love those. Yeah, he wanted to do uh, all the presidents, but like little. Yeah. So he wanted to do a lineup of it. It's he's I don't know what I expected from him, but he, I like he's he just he wears a suit every day. 
like like a like that's a brown, brown suit every day but like really but that's his casual look i don't know he was such a cool guy um it was it was weird a lot of the things we got to do and the people that we worked with at that toy company were people on their downtime um, right. and that was kind of like one of them but yeah i remember you know, if it wasn't for the writer's strike, I feel like Kim Kardashian wouldn't be so popular these days anymore. I completely um, agree. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you guys don't remember, there was the big boom of, of reality television because, of course, it's unscripted. Um, I think the, the comedy of it and the irony of it now is that all reality television is scripted now. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. So, like, I don't know. I, I think the it, it was a problem before, right? Because we didn't have like YouTube isn't wasn't what it was. We don't have we didn't have like this onslaught of podcasts. We there's so much more entertainment outside of the traditional Hollywood machine for mm-hmm. like television and movies that sucks. We're already feeling it. You know, if you're a late night fan, I'm a late night fan. I love like yeah death. Um and I I you know I love late night. Um SNL is done, right? Yeah, for the Pete, time Pete Davidson was was making his big comeback this week. Yeah, uh, hosting Saturday Night Live and canceled. Yep. So um I, I get it. A lot of the movies that were slated to to start, Blade, I don't it's we're we're gonna be talking about the MCU in, in a little bit, but Blade was one of the first uh movies to be officially like delayed because right. of the right. Because I think it was just a couple of weeks ago that they announced that they were gonna have rewrites on yeah. stuff. So that was already delaying things and now they can't rewrite because they're on strike. So um yeah. I feel like this is ridiculous because when we appreciate stuff at this level, like it's always, it always comes back to like, that was fantastic writing, you know? And like, you can't make, it's hard to have, like, that was amazing. The script sucked, but that was amazing. Said no one ever, you know what I mean? So I don't know why this is such a difficult thing for Hollywood. Like stuff wouldn't be able to be made if it wasn't for like these brilliant writers. So um, I mean, I'm 100% behind the WGA. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this whole podcast is 100% against yeah. it. You know, or yeah. not against, 100% for, sorry. I didn't mean against, 100% yeah. for the WGA strike. And you bring up, you know, a good point. You know, we always go back to the writing. Like it's the writing is the foundation of the thing. So whether, you know, it's someone like, you know, like James Gunn, he write, he's writing his own thing, but he still wrote it in order for it to exist. So whoever, right. matter if it's a director, actor, whoever writes it, they're, they're still writing it. Or, or if it's just a writer, it's being written somehow, being shaped, being um, turned into something bigger. Um, and I think it's funny how, I think it was House of the Dragon, the crew behind that, they came out and said all of their scripts are done. They're not going to be affected by this strike. Um I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that there's always a writer on set, no matter what, there's always an on-set writer and they're always rewriting things. They're always rewriting scenes. They're always, you know, something looks good on paper, but when you're shooting it, a lot of the times that's not what ends up on the screen because something just doesn't feel right. It doesn't flow right. This character shouldn't say this. This character might not say that. So let's try something new. They need to have a writer on set to be able to do those things. So I, I'm using House of the Dragon as example, like I said, because I they came out and said they were going to be fine. But 
let's look at Game of Thrones, the very last season, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying no writers were on set, but like it's going to be a repeat of that, right? Like there's going to be a divided fan base, I think. And the quality just isn't going to be there as much as you want it to be. Because um, it's ever evolving. Everything's changing. Dialogue's changing. Things are changing. Um, that's one really, really important thing that's going to be changed. So even movies, movies that are like, oh, the script's ready. We're just going to go ahead and just film it will be fine it's going to turn out the same way the quality is going to dip um i think um transformers dark side of the dark of the moon was it dark side of the moon dark was during the first that was during the the strike so i heard this story and please correct me if if i don't because i never heard of this before the other day Mm -hmm. quantum of solace i think also quantum of solace yeah and apparently from what i heard they needed to punch up the script and daniel craig himself Yep. punched up the script yeah That's and he bananas to me he flat out admitted that he's like he was talking about how how much of a struggle that was because he's like i'm not a writer like <laughs> daniel craig and then uh set was it sam mendez i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, sam mendez was the director like they had to punch up the script and and they were like dude we're not writers <laughs> like yeah daniel craig was like that was rough because we're not we don't write like that's not what, what what we do um but yeah that's absolutely true and you look at the quality of some of those films and you see the decline um yeah. so this you know this particular strike that's happening now is streaming is the main concern with this one streaming is kind of the central um reason for this you have companies like Netflix, you have companies like Amazon, you have all these streamers who are hesitant. Uh, Netflix is notorious for this. They'll never release how many people actually watch their stuff. Um, they might say, you know, such and such many people tuned into the first five, 10 minutes of the show because that's how they figure out who's watching, but they won't give you an exact number. And I don't think people realize, but writers, a lot of, especially TV writers, they live off of residuals, right? Mm -hmm. Residuals. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, residuals um, for the work. What happens when you're working with someone like Netflix or anything like that, you're working on a show or a movie for them, you don't get those residuals. What happens is you sign a bulk deal at the beginning. And of course, you're a writer, you're a starving writer. So you're going to take that job, right? Because you need a job um, and you don't get any back end from that. So you don't know how many people are actually watching this thing to be able to quote unquote, get a back end because these companies aren't releasing their numbers. Um, and that's honestly what it boils down to is, is, you know, I've heard people say, well, they just need to get real jobs then quote unquote. Right. And it's like, all right, well, God they'll get a real job and uh, you won't have anything to watch when you yeah. get home from your real job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't, I, I hate that idea that the entertainment industry isn't a real job. Like they're just kind of doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. They're doing their thing. They should just go out and work in the mines or something like that, you know, which is hard work. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it is a yeah. job. A job's a job. If you're good at something, do it, be happy. Exactly. Doing it. You should also get paid Barely for what you do and the amount of stuff that you, everybody, I mean, everybody, I can't think of one person who doesn't have a favorite TV show, who doesn't have a favorite movie, who doesn't have a favorite, whatever it may be, podcasts, whatever it is. Super interesting. I want to talk about that. And we'll talk about that later, but very interesting point. Yes. No. And and it's like, everyone's watching something or, 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 or experiencing something. And that was all written by a writer. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, it's a fair thing for them to be like, hey, we want to get paid fairly, especially since streaming is the new, that's where everyone's going, right? Streaming mm -hmm. is the new network TV. Everyone's going to streaming. So they just want to get paid fairly and they love what they're doing. They want to do what they're doing. Um, gosh, there was one, uh, The Bear. Have you seen The Bear or heard of The Bear? It's a show on FX, I believe, and Hulu. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically based at a Chicago restaurant. Uh, like a fast-paced kind of restaurant in the middle of Chicago. Um, really good show. Like it's it's winning all these awards. I believe it won the PGA Award for Best Writing. Wow. It's won all these awards. The writer of that show went into debt just so that he can afford a suit to mm -hmm. be able to go to the PGA Awards and accept his award. Um, there's something There's something off about that. And Listen, you can say like, oh, these people don't need to be making all this money. They, they're they fine. Like, you know, I look at me, I work nine to five and I, I make this, whatever. But these people, like they work really, they do work really hard. Like The, the fact that these these companies are building these gigantic multi-million dollar, sometimes billion dollar franchises on the backs of that yeah. guy who has a negative bank account, you know what I mean? Who had to rent his suit. Yeah. To, you know, that's that's broken. Something's broken. That's not right. It it's shouldn't broken. have to be that I, way. Yeah. And I work a nine to five. Uh, you know, I work a 40 hour a week job. You know, I'm out in the field every day. And the sad part is I can, you know, my job's pretty easy. Like, I'm not saying it's the easiest. I work pest control. So I'm out there all day, every day. I'm in the sun. I'm in the heat, whatever, you know, whatever the elements, whatever. But my job's fairly easy. I can I can go out there and rent a suit if I needed to for a night. Right? right. I'm not saying I make a lot of money, but I have make enough to where I can do that comfortably. Yeah. Um, this guy who's working his ass, you know, his ass off day and night to get this script out just for this one episode of the show. He's working, he's working weeks, months, mm -hmm. probably no sleep. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've written, I'm a writer too, but not obviously not that kind of writer where I, that's like my job, but like, it's hard. It's really, really hard. I, um, yeah, I just had this conversation this morning. And if anybody knows me, uh, I'm an artist. You know, I, I, I've yeah, done yeah. art my whole life. Um, I famously don't do commissions. I, I don't. Um, I don't because I don't have to. Um, I'm not bragging right. or anything. I'm just in a lucky position no, to say, have yeah. to rely on commissions. I don't do it because it sucks. Because nobody wants to pay you what, what you deserve. So I just don't bother. The only time I'll do commissions is if it's for somebody like a loved one or a friend, then I'll like I'll do it for whatever. Christian, I but want a commission. I need a commission. Let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> um, yeah, easily. Uh, but yeah. It, it's 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 a crap situation out there. You know, I also am just in the position where like, you know, working in the industry for just like ten years, it's uh, deadlines suck. Like it's so cutthroat. Like you know, it's crazy to think how like something that brings so much joy to people behind the scenes. How cutthroat everything is. It's insane, and these yeah. people are literally putting their lives out there just so that other people can be entertained. You right. know what I mean? Like it's right. not, it's not an easy thing. And and now I've been hearing rumblings of AI. Right? Like there's oh a lot of studios. Like a lot of insiders are saying this studio or this dude. They're not necessarily mentioning studio names, but they're like they're gonna have these studios punch up scripts that are already that are based on books or something like that then they're going to hire writers to come in and basically fix the fix up the, the scripts the GPT. yeah they're going to come in and fix up the scripts and then put it out there so basically what's going to happen is they're just going to ai create these scripts 
and just have one of these poor writers who's been struggling come in and fix the basically they're training their replacement right essentially when yeah kind of things I, I saw a woman, I, and I forget exactly what she wrote for, but she's part of the WGA, and she was talking about how, you know, one of the difficult things of being a writer is, like, when you go into the writer's room or when you meet up with, like, studio heads, the, the talk is always, like, based on the statistics, like, this is really successful. So what can yeah. we do to repeat this success? You know what I mean? It's This is why there's so many sequels. Because well, it's like, it's like Blair Witch, right? Like when Blair Witch came out, suddenly you saw like an onslaught of right. found footage movies, right? Right. Like it's that kind of idea. But yeah, superhero stuff, all that stuff. Right. Some one person takes the risks. Everybody else is going to copy that risk uh, mm-hmm. because until to death. So they're like, you know, maybe this is the way. Maybe because, you know, uh, an AI is much better at like just regurgitating stats than, yeah. you know, a human being could be. But I mean, that's what this is what we're left with. These are the alternatives. If if we could just pay writers what they deserve, or we have to rely on a chat GPT thing to do it, or you can have the actors write everything and you'll get Riverdale everywhere. Sorry, right. Riverdale. That's just, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that that's exactly what no, it is. No, I know what you mean. But that's what it fucking feels like. Because like, oh, I'm do. a senior in high school. Oh, can I be a club owner too? <laughs> cool. Like, that's exactly what it is. Like, that's exactly what it is. You're going to get kind of the same thing over and over again. And it's yeah. like these people that are complaining about Hollywood running out of ideas. That is exactly what's going to happen yeah. with any kind of AI or jet GPT, all that stuff. Right. Like yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, and it's sad. It's, it's really sad. And I hope that the writers, I hope they come to a agreement soon. I hope that these streamers realize what they have you know they have human you know i wrote uh on my facebook i wrote this thing you know i've had i've had two favorite movies this year and uh, evil dead rise and john wick four right like both of them kind of on the opposite sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. i guess but you can they're both tangible to the effect of they're both human stories right like they're both very human made by passionate loving like with a lot of heart and a lot of passion you can even say the same for CCO. I haven't seen it yet, but like these people go out there and you can see it all on screen. Like these people just love making movies. Like Chester Heskey didn't make John Wick 4 because he had to make John Wick 4, right? He made John Wick. Well, of course, yeah, the studio wanted one and stuff like that. But he made John Wick 4 because he wanted to make John Wick 4. Keanu did it because he wanted to do it. Um, same with Evil Dead Rise, right? Like no one, let's be like, not a lot of people were itching for a new quote reboot sequel to the Evil right. Dead franchise, right? These people, they less than a $20 million budget went out there and made this movie. By the way, it just passed $100 million at the box office, which is freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, but these people have heart, they have souls, they have personalities, and they bring that on screen. You see it in every single frame, whether it's bloody, disgusting horror, or it's hardcore, thrilling action. These people are out there doing it because they love doing it, not because they have to, not because they want to, or I'm sorry, not because they have to, but because they want to. Yeah, You won't get that with AI. You will not achieve that kind of effect, even if it's just the AI writing it, that heart's not going to be there. The effect is not going to be there. It's just not going to be the same. It's not going to feel the same. I, Writers are so important to the process. Thousands, sometimes thousands of people work on these movies, you know, like hundreds to thousands of people. It is a group effort. 
But again, it's the writer that lays a foundation for all of it. All those people um, that work so hard are all working on the foundation of the script. Like it's where yeah. everything starts, yeah. you know? And like, if we take that away, I, I'm just afraid of like what we're left with. Like we're, we're not really. So the big difference between now and 2007 is, is where we're getting our entertainment. I think before, right. like, you know, it was all television and movies now uh, beyond streaming, you know, there's a lot of people like, you know, that's a, a logical thing you can do now as a pro living, you can be a content creator. So 100%. between YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, like we have a, a lot of places that we can take in this stuff. You know what I mean? But like a lot of those content creators are still based on like I'm I'm a Marvel guy. I I make a I have a YouTube channel and I talk about Marvel movies. Right. You know what I mean? Or I'm, I'm an entertainment guy. I talk about entertainment. Like what are we doing? Like this is what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. One hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Exactly so what we do. That those thousands of people that still come back to that script that includes us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That also includes you listening to this because, like, you know, that that well runs dry and we're we're all kind of screwed here. Like, you know, we like again, we're not gonna really feel the effects that soon in the movies because there are stuff scripts are done, right? Like, yeah, there are a ton of movies already coming out, right? Right. Like, and then they're still coming out. We still have that. I think we'll we'll really feel that in like maybe 2024, 2025, yeah, like easily what happened now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're also obviously like there's shows that we were waiting for that are probably going to be delayed. Even more. Uh, Stranger Things season five was right. officially delayed today um, right. by the Duffers. And we're going to just keep hearing news of this. And Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to hear about that. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a bunch of stuff. I think one of the really interesting things, though, is that somebody who's writing and directing a movie is also the studio head. So oh. James Gunn and Superman, yeah. I, what is happening there? I have no idea because he's also WGA. Yeah, that is strange. I don't think he's moving forward right now. I think he's, yeah. I, again, I think he does have the script ready and good to go as far as I know. But I, I, I as far as I know, he's um, stepping back, which I think he should, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think, um, I don't know exactly what his plans are, but you're right. Like, I didn't think about that, right? Like, especially being the head of a studio. Um, but, you know, Ron James Gunn, Let's talk about James Gunn. Let's talk Let's about his final about song for the MCU. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opened this weekend. Um, so far, it's doing really well on Thursday night previews. It did excellent. Probably a series best I was reading. Um, and the uh, momentum's continuing. We're recording this on Saturday night. So uh, we'll kind of see the final numbers when it comes out. Cosmo, That's dude, really I loved Cosmo. I thought the bad dog you. thing was great. Um, <laughs> so so first, um, first, let's let's start out with uh, giving our spoiler free thoughts about it. Um, just kind of overall what we kind of thought about it. Um, and then after that, we'll talk some specific, more specific stuff just so that, you know, people kind of hear our thoughts. And then if they want to stick around for the spoilers, they can. Um So Christian, why don't you start? I think you're a little bit um, more on board with this movie than I was. Not that I hated it at all, Um, but please, um, what were your kind of thoughts about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? So really quick, just because that's really funny. Um, I was, uh, I I watched it Thursday night. Um, My tickets were for 845 in Montclair. So if you are familiar with the Southern California area, it's Inland Empire. Um, it was for 8.45. At 8.10, I was in Los Feliz, L.A. Because I thought my tickets were for Friday. Uh, oh. I did not realize. So I get a notification on my phone. It's like, oh, just a reminder. You have half an hour until your movie starts. And I was like, oh, that's crap. 
um, immediately I jammed out because I was at a life drive workshop. I jammed out, called Dana. I'm like, get ready right now and pick you up. <laughs> um, but then it was telling the p- tickets were for 845. It was telling me that I was going to get back to my house by nine o'clock. And then it was still another 15 minutes to the theater. Oh, no. Um, I have never I raced like I was 18 again. Um, <laughs> we made it. We walked into the theater and it was the Marvel like opening like the Marvel. Oh, cool. Thing. I'm like, oh my, I remember I was like, yes, like all loud. And then I could hear myself echo through the theater. Um, so maybe that excitement of making it on time made me just appreciate the movie a little bit more. But I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, mm. I I also loved that we get to, I mean, this is a minor, minor spoiler, but uh, you get to see the opening sequence, not the, not the prologue stuff, because that's super sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the opening sequence to the movie is you get to follow Rocket walking around, mm nowhere singing along to radiohead and that radiohead. made me very 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 happy um james gunn and his music choices are always so oh fun. yeah um it's it's kind of fun when you can do something like what they did and recontextualize everything um and i think that's kind of what i loved about this movie and you know like that i love that about like you know clone wars like recontextualizing the prequels um because like a lot of times, like really how you, you take things to an end tells you like what this has been about all this time. You know what I mean? And like I, I think when looking back after watching the third movie, we were like, this kind of was all rocket story. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. And um, but like I think that's what James does so beautifully because it's not like it was all like everybody has their moments throughout the movie. Um, you know, everybody has kind of emotional beats, everybody had a little bit of an arc. Um, there was a really cool thing with Drax that like I'm glad they did. I kind of wish they did sooner. Um yeah. but I, I, I really loved that they did that. Um, albeit small. Um I, there were some characters I think that were a little bit underused. Um I'm I'm still I still think I like the first Guardians more, but I definitely like this more than the second one. And okay. I'm not saying that the second one was a bad movie. I'm just like I, I think this would really like um I, I think you kind of put it really well earlier that like they've had the luxury of like just being really focused on their story without having to tie into everything else, you know? Yeah, 100%. Right. Um, so I'll just get my ranking right off the bat as far as one, two, three goes. Um, I go one, two, three. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's exactly my ranking. Um, I think this movie, um, I think the main thing that, that, so let's talk about the good real quick. All those things you mentioned were fantastic. I thought that this movie hit the emotional beats when it had to. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like this movie had me in tears. Like at one point throughout the movie, I was like, my, I was crying. My wife held my hand because I was <laughs> um, But there's a couple times like that. And it's one of those things where you're watching it, you're, you're kind of like iffy. And then uh, right after the movie, I sent you a bunch of different emojis like, <laughs> motion. And it was like, like happy face and then concerned face and then sad face and then angry face and then laughing hysterically. And then, and then, um, you know, crying tears and of sadness. And then, and then it's just kind of this roller coaster of emotions. Um, I do, uh, I, 
I do think certain characters were a little bit really underutilized. And I think some characters were kind of thrown in there because they had to put them in there. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more when you get into spoilers. But as we know, you know, Adam Warlock has joined this time around, uh, played by Will Poulter. Um, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that he's really not in it that much, as much as I thought he was going to be in it. Um, <clears throat> but I thought he was he was good from what little time that we had with him. Um, Overall, I do think that it's a it's it's a really really mixed bag for me. I do it feels one of my main concerns with it is that speaking of writing, it feels like a first draft. I didn't feel a lot of the. I feel like the emotion was there to distract from the characters and some of the clunkiness of the story that just didn't work very well for me. Um, but then like an emotional moment comes on and then I totally forgot about the stuff that just wasn't vibing with me. And then I was all in again. It was kind of like emotional manipulation in a way for me. Um, and it was just little things too, right? Like it was certain characterizations of certain characters. And I know they had been through a lot. And I know this story is really, you know, one of the taglines is um, this time they're facing the music or something like that right like mm. time to face the music um so they're all kind of dealing with their consequences of you know we all kind of know they've kind of come out and said this is the last hurrah for this group of guardians of the galaxy so it's kind of them facing the consequences of everything over the past since the first guardians of the galaxy movie so you go you know they bring up events that happen there they bring up you know from you know, the second one for, you know, when they talk about ego and then they talk about Thanos and they talk about stuff that happened in Infinity War and Endgame and, and all that stuff. Um, so it really does feel like a consequence type movie because they are fa truly facing the consequences of their actions. Um, but I just didn't feel some of it just didn't feel natural to me and it didn't feel like it worked in a cohesive way if you know what I'm saying. Again, I don't want to spoil it too much right now. Um, but for the most part, like I really, really did enjoy it. I thought that it was really sweet. I thought it had some really, it's a, it's a tough watch. Um, if one thing I do want to say, if you're like super sensitive to like animal stuff, like um, this is probably not the word best movie for you. And especially if you're kids, my daughter, she absolutely, she has a hard time with any kind of animal, um, you know, cruelty. Of course, we all do, right? Yeah. But like, yeah. she has like this super, super passionate, you know, empathy filled, you know, thing towards animals. That's so and that sweet. Really tore her. What a sweetheart. Yeah. So then that really tore her apart. Yeah, like she I was can imagine. It. Like, she was like not liking it at all. Um, but overall, I do like the basic themes of the movie, which is about empathy and really kind of seeing things from a different perspective and, and having, um, being able to, um, you know, have that empathy, you know, uh, one of the characters says it perfectly throughout the movie where they said, everyone deserves a second chance. And that's really what this movie's about. Like mm -hmm. really, no matter what your past is, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, um, you deserve a second chance and other people around you should have empathy for you, no matter 
if you're an animal, you know, and it sounds corny and hippie, whatever, but like animal, um, the living, you know, any kind of living being, plants, trees, whatever, like it's all about empathy and having empathy for something that you particularly don't associate with. Um, and I thought that was a beautiful message. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm, 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 I, it, it is my favorite movie since Endgame. Um, I had someone reach out to me and they're like, oh, more so than Spider-Man No Way Home. I saw that. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I think personally, I feel like this movie has a little bit more emotional resonance, especially for me, um, because the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of, listen, before the first movie, I knew little to nothing about this crew. Like I, yeah. I, I had heard of them. I kind of knew who Star-Lord was, but like didn't really have anything. That first movie completely sold me on them. And I've been on that journey for much longer than I have with the Tom Holland Spider-Man journey. And I'm just more invested in these characters. Their, you know, their group of characters, you know, their 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 crew, basically. I'm, I'm more involved with them. And they mean more to me personally than Peter Parker does in the MCU, right? Uh, that's just me personally so yeah uh, for me my favorite movie uh in the mcu um since endgame because you do get a f- almost a finality to their story which mm. i think is fantastic so um so let's actually move on into spoilers so if you guys have seen it please stick around and um and uh chat with us we love to um you know you guys hear what we think if not thank you guys for listening and definitely check us out next week for a brand new episode um but right now we're going to get into spoilers for guardians of the galaxy volume three i'm going to count down to three by the time we count down to one from three by the time we're there we will be talking spoilers so three two one if you're still here it's all on you um (laughs) i uh thought rocket was going to die i had a prediction (laughs) just from the trailers right like just from the trailers it's like it is Rocket's story like you find out it is very much Rocket's story there's a scene with him on the the bed you know on the you know with the thing on and he's gone like he's gone i had tears just like i was like i can't do this man like i can't do this um he survives, of course, but then they try to pull it with Quill when he's like at the end trying to save. And for a second, like I kind of felt like I did feel like, you know, I kind of expected it to be Rocket because of the everything that was kind of going that way. I wasn't fine with it, but I was prepared for it. When that happened to Quill, I was like, holy shit (laughs) like i was just shocked i was like there's no way no way uh and of course that that didn't happen um they pull it a few times because there's one time where you think nebula might even be the one and i was like oh my god what a switch it was going to be her and like i remember dana and i turned to each other dana was so stressed out throughout the movie like i think three quarters of the way through she had to she's like i take my jacket off she was like sweating it's Um, rough yeah it's rough um i thought the gomorrah stuff was cool i thought it was um i like that they didn't throw her in there to kind of be another love interest you know yeah. like they weren't yeah. having that you know back and forth will they won't they kind of um, yeah i'm glad relationship too. thought that was great um uh, uh adam warlock what did you think of adam warlock in this movie? i i realized quickly why will Poulter is that his name will Poulter? yeah 
um, why he was cast. Because um, I did not realize that that's what they were going to do with Adam. Uh, he has mm-hmm. this like really badass famous quote, and I, I and I'm like I'm not I'm not doing it justice, but he says something like I'm less than human, but I'm more than a man. He has like like these just epic like profound statements, and then he's like very much the comic relief. And I, I'm I'm assuming he's the one that you feel I'm the he's the one I feel underserved, but I also feel like they they also just shoved him in because they had to because yeah. they established. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you know he kind of was the Deus Ex Machina of like the whole thing, um, which you know like you could kind of see coming a mile away, but that's fine. Um, yeah, it, it he I, I didn't love that, but I'm not so married to the the character of Adam Warlock that I care enough. You know what right, I mean? Right. It also kind of my thing, like Iron Man three. Everybody gets so mad about the Mandarin, and mm-hmm. I'm like. I really, I, I I love that movie, but I'm like yeah. they were so mad. They're like they did Mandarin. I'm like really, you give a shit about the Mandarin? Yeah. Like you're a diehard yeah. Mandarin fan? Like please, like yeah. I thought that that movie was brilliantly written. Yeah. I love Shane Black in general. Like yep. I think that was great. Um, I do feel like this one um was kind of the opposite of that, where this one just felt like I felt like that one was earned. I felt like this was a little bit lazy. Um, I do feel like you know, yeah, you were right. Like Adam Warlock, he felt so like kind of tacked on into the story that like I could have honestly I feel like you could have just taken him and his mom out and it would have worked just fine right, right. like obviously right. you'd have to come up with some other thing to happen on nowhere um to kind of get everything going yeah. but I do feel like him as a character was just kind of tacked on cuz they wrote Guardians of the Galaxy this sort of feels like they wrote it and they were like oh shoot like we <laughs> We introduced Adam Warlock. Yeah. The second one, it was so long ago. We totally forgot. Um, uh, I, yeah. So we have to tack him on. So that, that and the characters, I, I, again, I know nothing about Adam Warlock. I can, I can, I, I know that he becomes a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy at some point. I know he's big to their storyline, but I, I, for being, for this podcast being My Public Life as an American Nerd, I don't know a lot about Adam Warlock. I apologize to all you. I mean, for, for me, growing up with comics, and like, this mm. is before my time of actually reading the comics as a little kid, I every time I saw Thanos, I saw Adam Warlock. And I always just thought it was oh, okay. Adam Warlock versus Thanos. And he's a big part of the Infinity War. He's a big part of the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Mm. Like, the jewel in his head is the Soul Stone in the comics. So, oh, okay. like, so they like changed a- that. So now it's Vision who had the Soul oh, Stone. Okay. Right. But basically, yeah, that's like he was very integral uh, to the Infinity Saga. You're the nerd in the title of the show. I get it. it. So, yeah, I I was like nine years old, but I remember. No, that's good. That's that's awesome. Um, So, yeah, I thought but I I had no problem with this character. Like, I thought he was really funny. And like you said, I didn't know what he was going to do, what they were going to do with him first. I thought he was going to be like the super serious, like villain. But then, like with the stuff with the dog and stuff like that, was just yeah. fantastic. His little fur baby <laughs> yeah. thing was was great. Yeah. Um, one of the things that did bother me, um, so the you know you have the beginning with the creep stuff. I thought was great. Uh, I thought the rocket stuff was really really great. Um, I do feel like it felt a little bit sudden, right? Like I I I know there have been seeds of rocket kind of feeling not really knowing who he was or where he belonged throughout the other movies. But I feel like it was such like a hard, like this is what we're doing now. We're focusing on rocket that it just kind of took me out of it at first. Cause I was like, why is rocket suddenly kind of trying to figure this out? You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. 
it it felt too sudden and it felt too like this is this yeah i understand the story james gunn wanted to tell um but i i feel like it might have been more effective if there were more seeds of it throughout the other two movies like you know or even introducing the high evolutionary or the idea of the high evolutionary in the other films might have added a little bit more oomph to it when he actually did show up finally, right? Like a big Thanos yeah. kind of moment, but for the high evolutionary. They kind of did it like um, retroactively, is that the word? Or like by Very like retroactively, yeah. Right, by saying yeah. that he created the gold people, I forget what they're called. Um, I forget what they're called too. Yeah, the 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 Tilda Swindon looking lady. Um, yeah, 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 them. Yeah. Um, which. It's cool. And like, you know, I, I think the actor did great. I it was weird. By by like I think halfway through the movie, I'm like, oh, he's just yelling in every scene. I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. That <laughs> still works. He's good at yelling. So oh, he's cool. fantastic. And that even yeah. that cameo by Jennifer Holland, I thought was great. Oh yeah, she was like, she was so funny. <laughs> she's so good, man. Like, I don't know, yeah. like like this is just one thing that bothers me. I, I again I posted about it, but like let James Gunn put his wife in movie. She's a good actress. Please. She's 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 beautiful like she's amazing like she's just got everything like let her let her be in movies like let's who cares man let's talk about this uh because there's another podcast if you guys don't know um we always do, we also do geek galaxy with the Am of the boys um there's a certain person i'll just say nick is not a fan of uh first of all he's not a fan of james gunn kevin and yeah. i clearly are um yeah, but and he also made a statement nick i'm gonna say this i'm gonna bring this up tomorrow too so i don't want to say this where you, you can't defend yourself um about like oh i hope james gunn when he comes to the dc universe doesn't like just bring all of his friends over and cast new people and yeah. while i totally respect that i have no i do not understand that um i just you know when i like a person and i work well with them i want to work with them again um, yeah. I, I, I'm not into working with people if I don't get along with them. So if yeah. I know I, I, you know, we work well and we create well, then we're, we're, we're partners until like, you know, that changes. So, um, 100%. I mean, you know, Scorsese uses Leo all the time, right? Like Kevin Smith did it a lot too. Kevin does Smith it does it all. Time. He still does it. You know what I mean? Like, and you enjoy working with people, you just continue to mm-hmm. work with them yeah. um, and you make good stuff. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm always happy to see. Uh, Michael Rooker. I'm always happy to see Nathan, uh, Nathan Fillion. You know, his cameo like, was great in this. Fantastic, so funny. He's like, yeah, hey, I got one of them too. <laughs> um, really, really good. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm not on that. I, I'd be happy to see his whole crew <laughs> in Superman. Yeah, and, same. And, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to see James Gunn Superman. Um, and I do yeah. feel like this movie kind of lends to the you know our you know defense of him where he james gunn is really good at emotions right like Mm -hmm. he's he's really good at kind of writing these characters who are flawed yet um very very um heroic very good people um and he's good at writing drama and he's good at writing um comedy like Mm -hmm. comedy action um i just wish the drama especially in this was just written and fleshed out a little bit more um one thing that again and this is not i'm one of those people who like you know people are like they'll watch star wars for example or something star wars and they're like yeah well that's not right because this happened this happened this happened that's like dude you're telling me that these people who actually create star wars are wrong about star wars like you know what i mean kind of that idea so i'm not like trying to be that guy but like when peter at the beginning was like 
the drunk, right? Like he was just like this thing. I just, I, I didn't buy it. Like, I understand he had been through a lot with Gamora and everything. There's been a lot going on. Um, but especially seeing from him from like the Christmas special where he was fine. Of course it was Christmas time. So they were trying to cheer him up, but like, it just felt, it didn't feel like the right characterization for him. And I didn't buy it one second that he was going to be that kind of alcoholic drinker, kind of like drink till he passes out type of guy. That's just me though. I didn't you, buy into that. Completely. You mentioned how you really like how they handled Gamora's character in this movie. Yeah. And I agree. I think I really like that because I didn't want it to be that again. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I actually really liked that. He was like, you know what? You suck now. Like, dude, you're not, you're not the same. I don't even like that. Was really dude, funny. Yeah. You can stay back here. I'm gonna handle this. Don't worry. Like, I really like that. And like there was one time where she, I think, tried to grab his arm and he was like, Get off me. Yeah. like that was really cool. Like such a small thing, but I love that they did that. Yeah, that. and I do I do kind of wish too, like a lot of the marketing plays into it too. I do wish that mm-hmm. they had focused less on the jokes because I feel like when I heard the jokes coming up and when they had those moments. It was ruined. So like I, I saw the clip with the F bomb, right? Mm-hmm. The the clip that they had they had put it online before. Oh, wait, um, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so kind of like when I saw it, it was cool. It's still funny. You know, the first M F bomb in the MCU. Um, and I thought it was cleverly used. I thought it was a hilarious scene, but I do kind of wish the F I, I hadn't seen that beforehand. Yeah. I laughed really hard. I did. <laughs> I knew there was an f bomb in it, and the way it came up, I was like, "That's the most." Just ridiculous. open the f door. I know it's so stupid. <laughs> it was, it was so funny. It was um, so great. I feel like that was an outtake. They're like, you know what? It's the best take we've got, though. We were gonna go with it, and mm-hmm. they probably had to get like a lot of approvals to to keep. Oh yeah, moving. but yeah, I, I think overall the feeling I was left with was like really positive. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like any movie that I can always go back and there's stuff that we I can pick apart, but I think overall, like um, I, I, you know, it was, I would say the least funny of the three. Um, that was oh, my, absolutely right. There was my complaint about the second one actually is that it actually undercut the emotion with jokes. Mm-hmm. Like where there were times where it was like getting like, man, it was like all of a sudden Pac-Man and I'm like, Oh, did you, we were like going yeah. somewhere emotionally and you just kind of, um, and I think this is, it does the opposite this time. It undercuts the jokes with emotion. Like, Absolutely. And I do think that, you know, this goes back to passion, right? Like, cause I was talking about John Wick and uh, evil dead rise. Like I feel like the MCU kind of has this issue right now, especially with this phase is these movies feel like they have to be made. Right. So they're like hiring great directors, but they're also being like, this is what needs the story that needs to be told. Make it. This is a, is an example of something that didn't do that. Like this is an example of a movie. Yes, it had to be made, but it also had someone who was really, really passionate about it. Um, and that loved the characters that they're that really loved the characters and wanted yes. to tell their story. Wasn't interested yeah. in the bigger picture of the MCU. Wasn't trying to set up a new villain, much like you know Quantum Mania did. Um, and I felt like that's what ruined that movie for me was the fact that they had to go that big and focus on yeah. the overall picture rather than. Uh, Scott story um but um yeah and and I love that they didn't they didn't do that here like nothing is set up for the future like uh, we'll talk about the end credit scene real quick there's two of them uh the first one kind of shows the new crew um who they might go with in the future I don't know I don't think they'll be in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie but you might see them show up in an Avengers film or something down the line, I think, or maybe even like a Nova Corp movie or whatever um, other things are doing. I think that, um, 
then there's a second end credit scene. Uh, right after that, you get the um, the tag, the legendary Star-Lord will return, uh, which is pretty cool. I was really excited to see that. Um, I don't know when he'll show up again, but it won't probably be in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, someone had brought up on a podcast I was listening to the other day, or actually today after I'd uh, seen the movie, now that he's on Earth, right? Another spoiler. Sorry, guys, but we're in spoilers. So if you're still listening, it's your fault. Um, <laughs> we're on Earth. Peter's back on Earth with his grandpa. So they can actually do like a lot of the Earthbound stories he can actually show up in now. So you can have like, he can show up in a Spider-Man, you know, or something like mm. like crazy. You know, he could show up in Secret Invasion or Secret Wars or whatever, which I think would be cool. Um, they also teased I, something on that. Because they was, he was talking about his grandpa's son, and then they never yeah. revealed who his grandfather's son is. So now I'm like really curious about that because I have no idea. Um, That's going to be wait. Who they say it was? They didn't say anything because he was just like, oh, oh, oh I like, thought you said that they said okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I have no because he basically was like, oh, you you know, I don't mind helping you mow the lawn, but like it's weird if I'm helping you and your son's just sitting there, it's a 45 year old <laughs> man just watching, like. Wait, who's who's that? Like, yeah, Peter's uncle or something. Yeah, I, I think know. that's the only thing that they kind of do to set up the future, right? Like, but right. it's not even like a big glow, you know, no, no, threat or yeah. anything. And, and people got to remember, like Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one was really big with setting up like Thanos yep. and that whole thing, and that. But the, even then, it didn't feel like they were setting up this huge thing. Right. Like it was still very self-contained just kind because, of because yeah, you have Gamora, you have Nebula there who are yeah. his children like that. Of course we have to have Thanos in it. So. Yeah. And yeah. like you have something like quantum mania, which was obviously just like pointing out like, Hey, this is a new, big yeah. Look what's coming guy. up. What he can do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, I also want to bring Cosmo. The space dog was one of my, I want Cosmo so bad. Such a cutie. I, Such a sweetie. <laughs> what was uh the director or the, the girl who talked Maria Buck? I can't remember. She was in Borat, the second Borat. I got it. Um, yeah, yeah. She's great. She's, she's fantastic. She's great. And the, her is the voice of Cosmo. Oh, I thought is. the bad dog thing was just uh like it's, was, I could he, totally see my dogs doing that. And that, like <laughs> or my heart. I was like, oh, that's so freaking adorable. Um you know, yeah, it, it had its ups and, ups and downs, but I think for the most part, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it, um, even though I do feel like the script could have went through another pass. And I feel like they could have easily kind of chopped out maybe 15, 20 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I still think it's totally worth a watch. The soundtrack, the, the needle drops are just. Oh, <laughs> there's so many times. Um, like, what are we what's happening? Space Hog in the meantime is one of my favorite songs of all time. And um, Florence and the Machines, one of my favorite bands. I, I love Florence. That was and great. Band. Yeah. And the Dog Days Are Over was just used so perfect. Perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. Like I almost cried just out of joy in that scene because everyone was kind of finally finding their happiness and um, just stuff with um, Nebula. And you get used when she found out Rocket was still alive, when she like, oh, that oh, like, Ugh never seen that and i was just like oh my god like i wanted to give her a big hug like i love nebula yeah um and i i um it's so crazy we were watching the first guardians and her her journey i think overall the moves like she's she's honestly my favorite like character out of the guardians like she's by far like my favorite um but her journey from the first one to where she is now 
it's such a good, like such a fascinating um, look at someone who's kind of raised a certain way and Gomorrah too, to an extent. Right. But not right. As much but, as but man, Nebula though. Yeah. Like it kind I, of shows that you can, you can pave your own path, even though you have, you know, you grow up this way and you're, you know, forced to live this life. You can still break out of that and choose to be you. I mean, they, life. yeah, they totally like, she was such a huge part of like the infinity war and like yeah. the end game. My only like note for end game is at the end when like, like, Oh, we need to get the gauntlet over there, but how are we going to do it? And then like Captain Marvel comes down and she's like, I'll do it. And then all the eight, that's cool. My only note that that should have been Nebula. Cause that's, that's oh. her story. You know what I mean? Like, would have been like the perfect climax to her story and then like you know like they they spot her they're like oh my god it's nebula and she's helping them like you know what i mean like that's yeah my only real note for that i think that would have been perfect um but yeah i i I think nebula is such a huge standout um for the movie i also love the like the jackson mantis stuff like they're so cute they're so adorable um like the the holiday special yeah oh my gosh so good um I saw, I saw a couple, I was watching a couple of interviews. There's one, Palm, I can never remember, like, no, I don't know how to pronounce her yeah. French last name, but um, she was um, in an interview and talking about the holiday special. And she was like, it was so much fun. She was like, dude, we just, they, they're like, the way they explained it to us, they're like, so you want me to lay it on thick? So mm-hmm. it was like, we were just shooting like Dumb and Dumber in space. It was the best. Was um, so cool. She was so cool. I saw an interview with Bradley Cooper. Bradley famously never does like press junkets for any of the Guardians movies really really cool of him especially the reasoning why why i don't i well he uh he has this idea that he doesn't want to ruin the illusion for kids oh that's cool he refuses to go out there and do it because he doesn't want to break that illusion and be like you know have kids see him and associate with him rocket like unlike vin diesel which you know talk about ego a little um but um it uh yeah he does he refuses to do it just because on that aspect like he'll show up to premieres and stuff like yeah. that but he won't yeah. like do press interviews or anything like that because rocket is rocket you know which he, i think is amazing yeah that's great he did um i i got to see a really quick one entertainment tonight i think interviewed him on the red carpet of this. oh did, oh yeah yeah um and he of course just went on and on about how much he loves james but i thought it was really funny that he was at a red carpet event for like you know the big new marvel movie and he was like yeah i just love james did you see peacemaker and then they talked about peacemaker for five minutes he was like it's so brilliant he was like and then going on and on about how good the script was and and how great all the actors were it was so funny and then like even dana brought it up she was like that's i don't think disney wants that that their lead actor in their (laughs) movie is talking about the dc property um but i was just like yeah dude i mean it deserves it it's peacemaker it was so good um, but I, I thought that was fantastic though that James Gunn can do that. Like he's mm-hmm. like, this is his last movie for the MCU, or as far as we know. Like he's he's even come out and said never say never, right? Like he can always come back. And I think that's I think that's great. Like that they can work together like that and be yeah. like friends, you know. Um yeah, there's yeah. a lot of rumblings of the Marvel versus DC, like it's like crossover thing. Oh yeah. Um, like you know that happening um especially now that like kevin and james are both heads and they're friends yeah. like we might actually see this i i, I don't know how to feel about it because i think it was super cheesy in the in the comic book so yeah 
but they might be able to work something out. Like, I just feel like that'll be a, like, they just have to debate over who wins forever. Absolutely. And like, you know, I don't know. It'll how be like would... a Freddy versus Jason deal where they had to yeah. do where, like one character <laughs> appears to win, but yeah, one of them really win at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, you know, what would you give it out of five? If you were to give it out of five. Um, I'm I'm super jazzed. I keep looking over at the corner because I have all the action figures just sitting right here. Oh, um, I've slowly been collecting them over the past few weeks. Um, I, I I'm still buzzing from it. I'd yeah. probably give it like a. Right now, I would give it like a four or five. Cool. Four, four oh, point that's five. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm probably like at a three point five out of five, which mm-hmm. isn't bad at all. Like, um, I, I I enjoyed it immensely. We had a good time was kind of a hard watch but um there's some things that some issues but uh overall i felt like it was a lot of fun and i'm going to miss these characters working oh my god like i truly truly am going to miss just their banter like just all of it like it was certainly an era certainly a group of characters that james gunn kind of he kind of I don't want to say dug out from nowhere because they've always existed, but to the general audience, like yeah. nobody knew who these characters were, like myself included. Um, and he turned them into now everybody knows who they are, yeah. which is just incredible. And not yeah. a lot of people can do that. Like John Favreau kind of did it with Iron Man, you know, but Iron Man was a little bit more well known. Yeah. Um, but the way James Gunn just just created these this world and these characters is not created the characters, but but put them all together in this group and and made the first movie. Um, he's certainly made an impact on the MCU. He made an impact on me, um, and it's sad to see them go their own ways. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, I'm sure we'll see some of them again pop up in the future. You know, so they're not always gone. They might have. I'd love to see another Christmas special. Just do a note. Yeah, just keep like doing this. You know, three, three to four years. Um, but if it's all mm-hmm. of them, like James Gunn has to come back and direct it. Absolutely. No one else can do it. Nobody would come back if he didn't. So yeah, no, 100%. So yeah. So let us know what you guys thought of guardians of the galaxy volume three. Uh, it's now playing in theaters. The next, uh, next Marvel movie, next MCU film is uh, what? Marvel's. Uh, Marvel's, yeah right. Yeah, like so that's that, the way, yeah, November is that what it is? November, yeah. I'm actually, I'll, I'm not gonna lie. I'm actually pretty excited for it. I think it looks like a lot of fun. I, yeah. The trailer, like, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can watch that and like hate it. Like, it's just so charming and it's just so like so fun. Like, we know why people are watching it and hating it. I don't even want to bring that up, but I think it looks amazing. I'm all on board. I think it, it looks, looks really like fun. fun. We yeah. we also technically have another one before that um technically into the spider-verse is uh hotly anticipated so yes. i'm really looking forward to that too it's not mcu proper necessarily yeah. but it's still a marvel property so um, yeah no 100 um it's gonna be fun kind of made there's a scene the, the when they were showing the pictures through the credits and that one final picture of all of them sitting together i was like oh my gosh like i know dude I want to get that like as a poster on my wall. I it's thought, just it's so such cool. a good shot. Yeah. They they had one for the last movie too. They're all like badasses. They're all like leaning against the wall. Like it looked like an old punk rock. I love that poster so much. Yeah. Like that um, is one of my favorite MCU posters of all time. And it can the black only, and white. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That one. I think 
I love that kind of stuff, but it only works with the Guardians. You can't take any other like MCU no. characters and do that with them, and it, no. it, it'll be like, what the hell? That's weird. No. And that's the that's kind of the James Gunn aesthetic. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I love. Like that's I love that aesthetic. I love that kind of punk rock. Like you know, this he even did it with Suicide Squad, right? Yep. Like this, just these these ragtag group of people who come together and learn to work together as a team, and um, that's just like making music. Right? Yeah, like, a lot of these bands and stuff do the same thing. So I think it's um, really funny too. It's just like I, I'm such a big fan of his writing, and then like you know, I, again, I was watching these interviews, and then he was talking. I think that they asked him like, or asked all of them like, what was their favorite quote like from all of the movies, mm-hmm. and then he brought up he like he loved. In the first movie, Peter Serafinowicz is like, what a bunch of a-holes, um, right? And then I guess he revealed, he was like, yeah, Chris Pratt hated that. He's like, why Why not just say assholes? <laughs> and then you could see James Gunn laughing at the interview. He's like, because a-holes is way funnier. Like, that's a simple answer. Like, and that's just so simple and it makes sense. He's like, because it's funnier and that's all it needs to be. Yeah, um, it's so great. Like, yeah. And the fact that like uh, there was this uh, interview with, I think it was James Gunn was talking. I don't remember who was talking about it. Uh, I think I read it somewhere where they were talking about how Kevin Feige like was talking to James Gunn. And he's like, dude, you, he's like, you don't want to be the guy who's, who drops the first F-bomb in the MCU. Right? <laughs> like James Gunn is like, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's exactly the guy I want to be. Oh, it um, should be. I can't imagine it being anywhere else. It, like... can't, be, it can't be. And I, I think... The way Chris Pratt delivers it all, it's it's the whole trilogy. Listen, I'm going up to a four now just from talking about it. Oh, no, no three point five. But um, gosh, now I want to watch them all again. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, let us know what you guys thought about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, that's our show, everyone. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Christian, for coming on. Thank Always. you for chatting about this. That was a that was amazing. Um, don't forget to check out the Pastrami Nation podcast every Tuesday. We do a live stream. It also releases audio version, I believe, the week after. We also have Geek Galaxy with Yam and the boys. The next episode should be coming out this week. Um, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Um, but um, otherwise, y'all, be safe out there. Um, be careful out there, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, show some empathy, be nice to people. It's not that hard. Um, you don't know what other people have been through. Just be nice, take care of each other. Um, and take care of yourselves. It's super, super important. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for checking out the show and have a good day. Have a good night. And we will see you all next week. See ya. See ya.